Welcome to Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the home edition against Munster. This is a big one, William. Absolutely. It's a great opportunity to finish the best year in Connacht rugby history with a win tonight against Munster on New Year's Eve. This place has been full for an hour. It's absolutely jammed in here. The atmosphere really starting to rock and roll. People ready for it. Let's hope the boys are up for it. Indeed. We'll, we'll let the crowd speak for us. Munster will play from right to left. They'll be attacking the Borham Moor end. Connacht will attack that Lockatalia College Road end in the first half in their all green shirts. Our referee is Dudley Phillips, and we are ready to go. We are expecting rain for most of this game, although that char has eased ever so slightly. It's just a, a light spread of rain now. The crowd are up for it. They're not going to be dampened in any way. Up we go. We're underway. In Keatley started many a game for Connacht against Munster down through the years and had one famous day when he got Connacht that big win, their first win in the Pro 12. That's not, not far off. I think that's back in 2008, so you're going like quite away. Connick received possession just outside the, the 22. And the first ruck leads to a Gary Owen downfield. Kieran Marmion kicks the ball for the first time in four games. Well, we spoke about it, didn't we? So yeah. it's interesting. He's using the elements. OK, William, it's just gone. 20 minutes gone. Munster lead by three points. Connick have the wind, but haven't made enough use of it. Uh, it's a proper sports ground derby night. Winds howling, crowds boiling, the rain's falling. Uh, they haven't done, they've been a bit inaccurate. It's been a scrappy sort of a game, but it's exactly what you'd expect. And there's really very little in it. How much wind, how much effect this wind will have will only be judged when we see the second half. But Connick doing all right at the moment, but it's, it's getting tough here. We'll talk again at halftime. Munster have a mall set up in the Connick half of the field. Rain really is bucketing down now, sheets of rain across the sports ground here and an advantage to Munster so that line out is a huge success for Munster a mall next 10 metres or so maybe 5 metres and then Connick come in from the side what a moment for Munster who haven't done a whole lot in an attacking sense in this game but that was good yeah it's exactly the right tactics under the circumstances a bit of a gale in front into their faces with the mist being driven down the pitch keeping the ball close and tight drawing the penalty from Connacht and Keith Lee uh, fancies it it's going to be a tough enough kick for him it's probably well within his range under normal circumstances quite a stiff breeze in his face though he's about 10 metres uh, inside Connick's 10 metre line a wee bit to the right has he just snuck that in big kick from Ian Keatley 6-3 for Munster all that play from Connacht three points and then Munster popped down and gets a three pointer draw. yeah well Munster will feel uh, as they were 30 seconds or so away from half time they'll feel uh, very very pleased with their ha- with their uh, 40 minutes work if they go in in front playing into the into these uh, very difficult conditions OK William half time Munster leads six points to three that's disappointing yeah it is we've had a lot of field position a couple of opportunities going to be a very tight game we didn't take them they won a very clever scrum penalty and they, uh, from that they kicked, they kicked the penalty to take the lead. It's going to be that type of game. Their Munster are doing really well at what they're doing. Their work rate is good, making their tackles and we're having to work very hard to get any foothold in the game. But we've had a lot of position in, the, you know, in their 22 a couple of times, which has been an issue in other games. But it's still, it's still wide open, but Munster will probably be the happier at halftime. Yeah, they they have the win in the second half, and you can imagine they'll use it quite well. So we talk again in 60 minutes. And driving through on a Connick trying to protect the ball. Munster drive over the top of the ball and turn it over outside the 22. Big moment in the game for Munster. They've kicked into the corner. Connick are scampering back. Here comes Marmion. He picks it up and now tries to get to ground. He wasn't allowed off his feet. That should be a penalty. He's been driven into touches a five meter line out to Munster. 
That's uh, well. That's a huge relief for Munster. They've gone from one end of the field to the other. Um, again, the conditions playing their part. The ball skittering around on the on the wet, slippery surface. Munster, the beneficiaries. Nevertheless, they're going to have a lineout now, five meters from the Connacht line. Connacht having had a lineout six or seven meters from their line a couple of moments ago. That was a clear sign of a player trying to get back on his feet and being uh, tackled on the ground. But uh, I don't want to take away from the wonderful play from Munster. But uh, at the end, it was yeah, great crossfield kick from Ian Keatley out of defence. Realized that the monster that the Connacht uh, attacking alignment was uh uh, out of shape from a defensive perspective uh, lands the ball into um, Andrew Conway's breadbasket and Conway makes hay down the field and uh, Munster now in a fantastic attacking position and their line-out has been working very well you'd expect them to mull this one through and uh, Connacht really will be working hard to defend this Huge moment Ian Keatley comes up with the best moment of the game and Munster were brilliant when they had the chance Conway was superb and Everyone else just followed in and they had another turnover then. It really was wonderful stuff. Now they have the line out and they've won the ball and Connacht haven't even challenged because they want to try and stop them all. They come in on, in on it and it's steady for Munster now. Five metres from the Connacht line. Connacht couldn't score. Munster looked like they're going to score. They're going towards the line. They're over the line. They do score. That's the game in a nutshell at the moment. OK, Williams, just 60 minutes. Munster lead 13 points to six. It's not looking good. No, again possession and position and we didn't get anything other than a penalty out of it uh, and then Munster just got an opportunity to disrupt our drive-in mall and finished up down in our goal line and took the opportunity and scored a try and that's really the difference they've they've converted their chances no we haven't it's been story of the large part of this season for Connacht and it's that could be the try that wins the match but there's 20 minutes to go lots to play for it is like watching the Munster of old unfortunately <laughs> we'll talk again at full time could be on now if they move it quickly Blade needs to be shouted and he's going back the way no one is making the call but they're only 5 metres from their own line Munster sucked in a lot of forwards there 13 man Munster Brad is limping so maybe Connector down to 14 crossfield kick from Key, from Healy and no one was alive to it Stevenson was one of the men and that's been kicked into touch and that's the end of the game I don't know if Healy did the right thing there they had the overlap huge statement for Munster I'm sorry to say folks there's no point in looking at it any other way they've come down with 11 changes much changed side and yes Connacht will point to all the injuries but that said they had a strong enough team on the field on 60 minutes they had a strong enough position Joe Healy at that point in the game I think it was around 55 minutes and it's finished Connacht 9 Munster 16 OK William a, a very disappointing loss there in the end uh, the team we played the conditions better won yeah they did uh, very old style Munster performance set at half time might be the team that scores the try will uh, win the game we were on a drive-in mall to the line to maybe score a try they turned it over they went down the field and they scored but they did play the conditions better we messed up chances and they'll be disappointed with that the difference was that they were able to score when they needed it and we couldn't and they played the conditions better than we did like we tried to play again tried to play too much rugby the few times we did kick the ball we did put them under pressure we just didn't do it enough we're just not a kicking team we don't look confident or confident when we do it it's, it's almost like a last resort thing and it's well look the argument has gone on for so long now I mean we could rehash it forever but tonight was a night to kick the ball accurately and to put them under pressure you know move players around in the defensive backfield we didn't do it they did it it's very frustrating because there were times there we were trying to play rugby in totally the wrong parts of the, the pitch. 
and you won't keep getting away with that sides are used to it and they worked incredibly hard Munster they were their work rate is phenomenal it certainly is they really put pressure on the 10-12 channel because they know what that, our, our game revolves around that but you know I know Pat will talk about skills and it's all about skills but kicking is a skill the game is called rugby football and you have to be able to kick the ball effectively and it's not something we do and it's maybe something we need to learn to go so we can make the right decisions because it's not just about possession it's about territory as well and putting pressure on the opposition well we'll, uh, we'll leave it there and we'll talk to Rob when we've calmed down a bit later on It's the post-game section of the podcast. Dave's inside waiting for a few extra in- interviews. Hi, William. Evening, Rob. We have a big studio audience, some of whom we might bring in. I want to bring in. I think I might bring Andrew in on uh, any other business at some point. Just on the, any other business. He's saying no. God, we have the worst interactive studio audience ever. Everyone ran there. William, we've just lost the monster. Yep, we got a bit of a lesson in how to play in wet, windy conditions on our home ground. Mm. Uh, that was like old-style monster. Uh... Pat Lamb in the press conference during the week and I don't think he was being disrespectful to them said they're, they don't do an awful lot but what they do, they do very well that's what they did this evening they took their chances their work rate was phenomenal not saying ours wasn't but their work rate was really really good they were a bit more streetwise uh, I think they got away with a few things by playing the referee and they just they were just better in small percentages converted their chances one try, won the game. William, this in between, two games against Leicester, a home game against Leinster in front of a sellout crowd, far side of this, Racing Metro, Glasgow, Racing Metro again. Of all these seven game stretches in the history of Irish provincial rugby, that might be the most spectacular. Of course they had to make 11 changes for this game, and they still win it in the rain against what is a not far off full strength college team on paper. We know what's happened in the background there. Wow, is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, look, they're, they're top of the Pro 12 and they're playing well, and there's, there's no point in ignoring it that they the death of Anthony Foley and they've, they've talked about this has galvanised them Keith Earl spoke very well about the fact that it shouldn't have taken that to galvanise them and that's not the only thing I think no Erasmus is doing an amazing job in the background but he's taken this new found cultural shift within the squad which is an emotional thing he has but I would love to know if, if I could stand in front of him I'd ask him how much of this is player-led? Because I think what they've done is they've actually gone... They've just gone back. This was old-style Munster this evening. And it works. Now, it, it may not work in every condition, but they looked at the conditions. Uh, it started raining a minute before kickoff. You couldn't make this up. And after 20 minutes, it got really bad, and then it just got steadily worse and worse. And they didn't bat an eyelid. They stuck to what they were doing. Our game plan... We played a lot of rugby. We played it, in my view, in the wrong part of the pitch. I understand we have the skills and we want to, to, to develop them. We want to show them off. We kicked more, though. But do you still think we were playing rugby in the wrong area of the pitch? I think the problem with the kicking is that I'm not sure that they really believe in their kicking. Yeah, not like Munster do. No, Munster... Dropping ch- bombs on, on whoever it is near the touchline. We didn't, on a couple of occasions, chase very well and we didn't kick a couple of times. In this condition... Surely you kick over the player's head, turn them around, make them run backwards. Simple stuff. I know it's old-fashioned. I know it's a bit route one. But this was a night for it. This is, a, this is the worst night we've had at the sports ground this season. Last season too? It's a couple yeah. of years since we had a night yeah, like this. Yeah, this, this is a special. You this remember is. those days way back when, some younger listeners ask your granddads, uh, when Munster came here and won 3-0? 
with Paul O'Connell and Ronan O'Gara and a few others and Dennis the game here where Dennis Leamy played in the centre <laughs> he still beat us oh god monster and we're getting back to that now um, Connor can probably learn a bit from this if, if uh, they'll sit down and analyse this and mm. they've got to realise you, you can't play rugby in your own half in these conditions because errors are going to occur when they occur you're giving the opposition the chance to do something two key moments just before half time we kicked the ball into touch we made a mess of the line out right on the goal line Second half, we got a rolling mall going from a penalty that was probably kickable, kicked it to touch, the rolling mall broke down, and within what seemed like seconds, they were down the other end of the pitch, and from the plays a little bit further on in that, they scored the try, which eventually won the match. They have had something in their DNA about forward play. That's the way they do things, and maybe we needed to take a little bit of that this evening. I'm not talking about kicking all the time. This issue just keeps coming up uh, we were watching side on you can see space in behind and you're thinking you've got to move this ball forward you've got to put them under a bit of pressure and you're not putting them under pressure by just passing the ball laterally across the line OK, will we delve into that a bit more after this? let's hear some audio I'm going to start with Resium Erasmus because he's man of the hour man of the 2016 in terms of coaching um, and it's worth listening to a couple of minutes from here it is Right, Razzy, um, like, I mean, you've had some scrappy wins as well in this great run. This was probably one of them, but to win at the Pro 12 Champions in those kind of conditions with the changes, I guess that's going to be a, a big, big moment for your squad. I'll tell you, it uh, certainly was a challenging week with a five-day turnaround, you know, and with some big decisions made. And I think the guys who's, who's, who's really knocking hard on the door to, to be in the starting 23 uh, had some opportunity tonight, and a lot of them put up their hands. So... Uh, the win is nice, you know, but we know the win, there's a long way to go in the competition. So the, the win is nice, but I think the performance of individuals tonight and as a team was the more satisfying. When you talk about performance, what areas would you be looking at in those kind of conditions that really please you? I think the way Ian Pitley, except the last drop goal, he tried, uh, you know, really controlled the game well uh, in that kind of weather. Uh, you know, the whole week when we saw the weather forecast, it said the rain from 6 to 9, and there was no, no rain up until the kickoff, so we thought the rain was going to stay away. But then when it came down, I think between him and Duncan, you know, the guys really kicked tactically well. And to play the first half into the wind and, and stay into the, in the hunt of the game, you know, I think then the second half was a little bit easier because I thought Pat's, the Connacht, Pat's guys in the second half actually played tactically a little bit better than us in the second half. Big turnaround though, Connacht went to the corner, looked like they might have a chance to go over. What a crossfield kick and it changes the whole game. Yeah, if he, if he caught that ball, that's why we must never just look at the scoreboard, you know, and be happy. Like last uh, two weeks ago when we lost... With a, with, a, with a final penalty kick, you can't just look at that at the result. If that kick went and he caught it and he scored the try in the corner, we would have lost. So we'll, we'll rather look at the different departments of the game and see where we're improving and where not. And you're top of the table. Obviously, things are going very, very well for Munster Rugby right now into the new year. But it's Europe now. You have to get the focus changed. Yes, yes. Listen, I'm, I'm sure after next week's game against Racing, we'll sit that Sunday and say, "Listen, we're going into Glasgow now." And then, so it's, it's. Uh, mm. I think we're getting used to uh, uh, not the pressure, but we're getting used to that. Every week's a tough week, and sometimes it's the five-day turnaround, and you must jiggle players and juggle new players into the mix. So, uh, you know, it will be a massive challenge. Uh, we'll watch him tomorrow when they play Toulon, and then we'll start analysing on Monday and, and try and go and get a result. But it will be tough. You're 100% spot on. First reaction to a rare home uh, defeat, and obviously going back to September for the last one at the sports ground, it's it's really disappointing, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, I think um, 
you know, these, these sort of games against a form team, it's got to come down to little moments. So we didn't really get a good foothold at the beginning of the game, uh, particularly at the start and then the first 20-30 because we made too many errors. Uh, so we couldn't build momentum. But, you know, going in at half-time, um, you know, we clawed our bit way back and we felt pretty confident at half-time. There was a, um, but the key, obviously the key moment was... Um, key moment of the game was when we were one metre out from their line and we turned the ball over from our mall, um, trying to get around the corner and they kick it and you know, some good play, kick and chase play by them and put the pressure on and they have a line out down the other end and, and they score. So then we did well to uh, work our way back into it, and, you know, and um, which, which again, uh, I don't fault the effort. And we got ourselves back, uh, you know, into obviously bonus point range and then... Um, but again, just little little errors, you know, cost us. Uh, at the end there, the boys went for it. Uh, we're supposed to be playing 13 men. I think, the, you know, the fourth officials got it wrong. There was 15 on the field uh, when we're trying to, trying to, you know, go for it. And fair play, you know, the boys trying to get, you know, you know they never give up. Um, but ultimately, you know, we lost to a very good Munster side. Yeah, and as good as they were, though, you, you'll be really frustrated with some of the looseness around the edges of rocks that seem to turn good field position into massive turnovers. Just yeah. even just st- stuff that you couldn't necessarily pick out of a turnover was just a drop ball or whatever. Yeah, again, I, again, I'll just put that through to the referee's report and we talk about breakdowns. Um, we're better off putting it through the right process and have a look at um, the sort of stuff that we get given to have a look at um, that they ask the... You know, we, we, we talk about good pictures and things you're allowed to do and not to do. We get sent those reports and obviously we, we do that. But again, we'll you go through all the rucks and, and the sort of things that was going on there. We've just got to, you know, put that through the process. Speaking of the process, just to clarify, you're under the awareness that in a quick tap penalty, you shouldn't be able to bring a player back from the, from the same bin, correct? Yeah. yeah. Yep, exactly. That's why they had 15 at the end. That said, Munster had a very strong defence, very strong structure. They seem a different team than they were last season. Yeah, again, there's no doubt. I mean, we said that before the game. They're, they're, they're one of the form teams, and they got a real collective uh, uh, spirit going on. And yeah, we all we know why. But you know, even and then one base, it's uh, it's good to see. It's good to see the Munster revolt, you know. And but you know, for us. Um, you know, when you play that sort of uh, you know team in these sort of conditions, you've got to be pretty accurate. And and obviously the um, what happens at the breakdown, and there's no doubt there's more punch in their defence. But you know, there's also got to be good pictures given. You know, and uh, again, we look at you know the things that um, uh, it was you know certainly the the halfbacks uh, found it extremely frustrating with what was going on in there. So I'll go through that and, and just send that through. You were, in the end of all the injuries, able to put out a fairly strong team just at the last minute when players are coming back, so that's something as a positive, yeah, but, but now you've got to go to Ospreys. Like yeah, it. but at the end of the day, you know, I said all this last year too, that we what we do on the weekend is on the back of the quality of the training we do during the week. You can look at all the reports that I've said that many times. The real difficulty we find at the moment, we can't get the quality of training that we, that we, that we, we need to, which, you know, and... Um, you know, we can't do live scrums during the week. You can't do, you know, the things we normally do. Um, and that's, it's, it's no one's fault. It's just the fact that over half of the squad's out and, you know, and the academy boys are on holiday. So um, that's, those, those are the challenges that we have to rise above. And, uh, and again, I, that's why I take my hat off. Again, I can't fault guys working hard. But unfortunately, errors kill us. And, um, you know, at key, at key moments and... Um, you know, and um, and and you know that that's the way it is. So we just got to dust ourselves off. Looks like we lost a couple more, um, and um, and just keep going until uh, and hopefully there's light at the end, end of the tunnel with some injuries. You know, just soon and 
you know, we have obviously disruption this week of um, you know boys will be heading off to uh, to camp. So it is what it is. So we we just got to get back and um, make the most of what we have. We're looking at all all options to get some uh, some reinforcements because uh, some of the injuries that we have are um, are, uh, are long term. When I say long term, you know, more than six weeks. And Napier, Napier went off there with upper ribs? Or? Yeah, he's, uh, I think he, he suffered a rib injury, so again, we'll know more once the medical team uh, you know, makes, uh, get all the scans and everything done. It, it is what it is. We just, you know, yeah, we just got to, uh, we've been working behind the scenes to find, you know, we had a good chat with, um, you know, uh, you know, getting John in late in the week, and uh, we need an experienced scrummager because of the amount of front rowers that are down. Um, and uh, you know, I thought he came on, and without too much training, uh, you know, that that's exactly very difficult to bring a 21-year-old young Irish boy or 20-year-old prop to go into a, in, in that sort of game with this sort of rugby. So, to have someone like uh, John's experience, particularly up front, you know, safety and everything was uh, was crucial, and 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 it was important for us. You know, when you consider um, the quality of the front rowers that we're missing, uh, it, it makes it uh, it makes it difficult. You know, I've been in games, um, certainly in my first year, where we just crumble. Um, and we're at a, I think it shows how far we've come that we go up against the top of the table team and we're gutted with the way we, um, you know, that we, we, we didn't win this game, you know. And that's what I said, the boys will keep going, but we just little things costing us. So, um, yeah, it was a good 2016. And uh, hopefully 2017 we'll see uh, a lot of things turn around for us. Well, Dave and Alan have graced us with their presence and I say that tone which is unfair and Dave so I'd like to say that again Dave's back from hard work in the press conference Alan has graced us with our presence that's a better tone Dave welcome back oh what the hell have I missed oh Alan just decided to ditch the first start of the podcast uh, listen listen I was over talking to friend of the podcast Michael Corcoran who has his own podcast now, but, you know, so we can't put in ours. But I, I picked up a nice little oh. piece of information there from him. I bet you did. You're like of Robbie Henshaw now. You're going to be taken out to dinner by Brian O'Driscoll. And before we know it, you'll be in a Dublin podcast. <laughs> and that'll be the end of it. No, he talks about the fact that, you know, their defence, most of defence is the best defence in the league this year. And their defensive coach, Nian Barr, I think mm-hmm. it's Nian Barr. Couldn't remember his name earlier, yeah. He's uh, a qualified uh, physio. So he gets to wear the physio top. So he's constantly running up and down the line. And as soon as there's a break and play, he's able to run on the field and adjust the defence because he's a qualified physio and he's allowed to do that. Outrageous. Oh. I think that is, that is brilliant. <laughs> that is absolutely brilliant. It's fantastic. And, and why not? Exactly. If he's, if he's a qualified physio and he's the physio guy and he's allowed to do it, why not? Because they were brilliant in defence tonight. Maybe we could do that if I could be a commentator and a qualified physio. I could run along get far better action. That would be good commentary. Yeah, I'm just, I'm right in the back line now. Crazy scenes here. Of course, it does beg the question, how exactly are you going to justify getting Joe on the pitch? <laughs> yeah, possibly not, possibly not. Anyways, okay, right. We're sounding good spirits because it's New Year's Eve and Connacht won the Pro 12 this year. We're Pro 12 champions. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been a fabulous year and it was disappointing that we didn't finish this great year with a win. But, we just weren't good enough this evening at key moments in the game and that cost us we opportunities arose and we didn't take them it wasn't just key moments in the game we didn't play the conditions rugby Pat, Pat has been going on I mentioned it at the end at, at the end of the match and you know thinking okay I've had a couple of whiskeys and whatever and I'm a bit wound up but I am wound up because it's a game is called rugby football 
So it's not just about passing and running onto the ball and having the skills to do that. You have to be able to understand when to kick the ball. At least three or four times during the game, I'm standing and I'm screaming at the crowd, looking at a gap between 30 and 40 metres where they have two men back. Not three men back, two men back. And there's a gap in behind. Just, just to be 100% clear, that. three men deep, yeah. full line up strength, and in between those three men and the line that's up in defence, massive amount of space. And the only time we nearly scored was when we got the five metre uh, line out, which we botched, and I haven't seen, so I'm not going to say too much because we're on the far side of the field. Yeah, some but, suggestions are probably, are, but, yeah. but, but that came from us kicking the ball, not us passing the ball, because we kicked the ball here, caused a penalty on this side of the field, then kicked the ball again into touch and then went, went on to the far side and got a, a line out on the far side. But it came from kicking the ball, not passing the ball. You have to play the conditions. Awesome. And you have to have the rugby intelligence to understand what the conditions are and know when to play them. And it's a little bit frustrating that we're not doing that now because we had this last year. Also, playing the conditions is taking three points like Munster did when you had three points on the edge. I don't believe in kicking to the 22 in that situation. Wasn't the day, wasn't the game for it. We should have levelled up the score at that point. Was right? No, would we have taken a 9-6 lead at that point? Then if you do concede a try at another point in the game, it was this is junior cup rugby. I grew up on it. This is Ballon Robe at home to Carl. You, you respect the conditions. They didn't respect the conditions by going to the corner. I'm, I'm sick of that. and I'm sick of this idea of, oh, they're ambitious. I'm just taking it on from Alan a little bit here. There was three points to be had, and I think it would have been a different finish to the game. I'm not <sighs> sure I agree with that. I think you've got to back yourself. If you think you can turn that into five points or seven points, I can understand where that decision was made. But then this, we actually won the line out. Mm-hmm. The driving mall maybe was stopped illegally. Maybe a player came through illegally. But it, it had gotten messy because we hadn't done it correctly hmm. but what I would have to back up Alan 100% what frustrates me is you're on your own 22 and you're trying to pass them in these conditions you're not going to in my view make 60 metres passing the ball when you've got the you've got to do something different because eventually it's going to break down and their defensive line was very similar to what Ulster did Ulster were doing the same thing they did, they did the same thing line up three guys back and you think you're not going to you're just not going to move this ball you, you're not going to get it out wide you're not going to get the space to be able to move this ball 40 or 50 metres not in, not in the weather that we have tonight it started raining just before the match it's still raining now about an hour after the match and it's been hammering down and we, we made most of our territory from kicks now our kicking still wasn't quite at the level it could have been at um, and they definitely kicked a, a little bit better than we did but they knew what they wanted to do. They were much more definitive about how they wanted to get the ball moving forward. That was like watching the Munster of old. There was a lot of cuteness about how they played the game. There was a lot of you know, simple, straightforward stuff. They came around the edges I don't know how many times. And we, we didn't seem to have the defence there to, to sort it out on at least three occasions. Again, I haven't seen the highlights. Or I haven't watched the match back again, so it's very hard to... But I agree with Alan there, Dave, because it, it, there's a certain element of, yeah, they came around the edges and we can whinge and moan at the referee and say, oh, he's offside. But rugby is about protecting your fringes yourself as well. Rugby is about a battle and protecting your flanks. We weren't doing it. Oh, God, no. Um, I would question whether we gained most of our yardage through, through kicking. I think we kicked an awful lot of stupid ball. Um, yeah. I would suggest the difference between the kicking games was intelligent kicking. Yeah, I, I, we just I, said it at I mean. the start of the podcast. I mean, Bombs I mean. down on, yeah. right on top of Healy or O'Halloran. Yeah. Um, well, it wasn't that. I mean, it mean the first kick of the game was the, the first, compared to the first kicks of the two, uh, the, the two scrum halves. Kieran's kick, Kieran doesn't kick normally. It was weak. It went infield. Williams down the down the tram lines. I thought this game would be one in Ian Keatley's head, and it was. And I was hoping it would be Ian Keatley 
he'd, have, he'd start badly, he'd get into his head, and the Munster fans would get on his back. It didn't. It went completely the opposite way. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was excellent. Um, it was intelligent kicking. We did, we didn't intelligently kick. And that's, again, though, I, think the, I think the guys are right in the sense that we don't kick all the time, and therefore we, we're not good at kick playing in these conditions. What I, but I, it didn't matter. We, we could have run the ball all day. We could have kicked all day. But if we're... If, it's too easy for us to have the ball turned over. And this is a systematic error because it's not just it's not just the senior team that's happened. Because it was a game that the Eagles played and they were they had the ball, it was on eighty minutes, and there was a question about whether they there'd been a clock, they would have maybe done something different. But they did exactly the same thing. They coughed up the ball in the twenty two, ball was passed out, winger was in, they lost the game. It is an issue with Connacht full stop. And it is it is something that they are not rectifying on the pitch because, sorry, rectifying on the training pitch. Now we can there's that we'll put that aside, but it's too systematic and too often that it's happening for it not to be something they've noticed. And I don't know who we're missing because you've got, you've got most of the guys you think we've protected are there, but it's just not happening. We're coughing up so much ball. Yeah, we are. And we, we, going back to the kicking, and I'm, I know Pat Lamb's probably sick of us talking about it and maybe the listeners are, but the other thing about our kicking is we don't kick with, with, with enough conviction. Sometimes it seems to be the last, it's the last thing we do. And when we do it, it's sort of done a bit half-heartedly. And crossfield kick very well. Carty does that as good as any player in this league. That, that's a different... That, yeah, it's a different story. That's a, that's a we're different not, we're story. talking about position, territory gains and everything. I'm talking about yeah. kicking the ball over a player's head, turning him around in the wet, yeah. making him pick the ball up in greasy conditions and do something with it, either pass it or kick it. Some bloody pressure on him. Jack Charlton put him under pressure and we just we didn't do it and their kicking was simple old style and it worked and it's just frustrating when you see a limited game plan like that but they you can't knock them for what they did they, they did the right things Pat Lamb said he didn't want to be known as just a team that runs all the time he wants to be known as a complete team you remember this it was his yeah, big yeah, statement yeah, yeah. And, and we're, the evidence here suggests there are well if you look at the fact that, that Tonight was the first time that Kieran Marmion kicked the ball in three games. Yes, did you hear me say that in the first yeah, moment we got yeah, yeah. Actually, I had just said it and you repeated it in my ear. I'm going, that's the first time he's kicked it in four I games. I've been saying that to us non-stop. Um, but, you know, you're still looking at a situation where it's... it's a, to me, it's not about kicking or whether they don't kick. It's about intelligence. It's about knowing when to kick and where to kick and how to kick. There were so many different types of kicking. Eric Elwood gave a, a, a training session to us about, I don't know, 10, maybe 11 years ago. On, on the top pitch in Galwegians where a whole other coach with our underage yeah. team and there was other coaches there and it was incredible his, his, his whole idea of where you are on the pitch and when you kick and how you kick to her, how you defend against the right footed players against a left footed player and where to kick and where the gap is and where they'd be looking to stand based on where the wind was blowing like we have a guy who knows exactly how to control a game kicking it in, he's part of the whole session and we don't seem to be making use of him or if we are nobody's listening to him and I'm not saying we need to move away from our game because running the ball, I think on a dry night, we might have scored two or three tries here tonight, but it wasn't a dry night. It's wet, it's windy, and we didn't play the conditions very well. And this happened at the same time last year. And I have an issue with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to... I can't cheer him up. Uh, there's no point. No, He's, uh, no cheering Alan up. No, Michael Gorkin no. seemed to cheer him up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yeah, but that's... that's that's Michael only doesn't have to deal with him. Yeah, um, he doesn't have to on a daily basis. I yeah. mean, I feel, I feel sorry for the family, frankly. They're going to have to deal with him. He's going to be horrible for the rest of the evening. Um, sorry, his, his wife just said, just buy him a bag of chips. Yes, thanks, Adrian. That's all he needs. <laughs> if, you th- if you think it's bad, now Whitley goes home and watches the whole game again, which he's recorded. 
Anyways, come on, back to Dave. Uh, Keep us on track here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it is the same. The game last year was on Stevens' day, and it was a game we lost. And we lost by seven points still, sir, because we didn't convert our chances. I mean, there's so much wrong. I mean, the guys have talked about the kicking, but I think the other issue is once we get into those positions over the last four games, and I'd include the game we won, we are not converting. You'd look at how, yeah. and I mean, and, and we are not converting our chances. We had chances again, we had chances in, in Coventry, we certainly had chances in Ulster. Yeah. We, I'd go back to the Lynch again, we had 20 minutes there, we were all over them when we didn't take our chances. And then you compare to how easy it is when other teams get in. I mean, Munster didn't have to do an awful lot. And I don't one know, one more I don't know what, I don't know what, what Munster, I looked at the game against Lynch and I thought, they have, that's 10 man rugby. And it's, they're doing it superbly well. And they did tonight superbly well. Because, yes, we can talk about the defence, but in terms of attack, 11, 11 to 15 might as well not been there. All right, on that, it's a good point. Conversion rate into 22, because we haven't even got into that. When you have the ball, when you've got the territory, everything's looking good. Line-out doesn't function. Mistakes to be made beyond line-outs as well. Two key chances this evening. Yeah. One line-out went wrong in the first half, and, the, and whatever went wrong with, with, with the mall with after the, mall. the line-out worked. And that's... You, you, in these games like these you're only going to get certain amounts of chances there's stop start games yeah. there's an injury here the referees I don't know what he's doing he's stopping the game because he wants to talk to the forwards and stuff you only get these chances very occasionally and then when you get them you have to grab them you have to score points and they did and we didn't that's why I don't care about so many bad decisions going against us a good few did first of all last few seconds 15 players on the pitch when there should be 13 we'll talk about that now in a second then you're looking at in the corner I'll start with this. Kieran Marmion wasn't back on his feet when he was tackled on the ground and dragged into touch. Like, that's a big decision at a key point. And, and what people will say is, ah, oh, but Munster had all the momentum and they deserved a try from some brilliant play. No, that's, we had deserved tries too, but we referee made a poor call. He made a lot of poor calls. Still don't think it affected the result of the game. Munster deserved it, we? Yeah, yeah, I could, you know, you could, you could argue the point on most of them, you know, just, just talking to a friend of the podcast, Michael Corcoran, made the point that the, the break that Andrew Conway made from the tackle that happened he couldn't see a knock-on I don't think I saw a knock-on even in the replay there was replay. no knock-on that replay exactly. good point not to exactly. mention the fact that John Muldoon mind-boggled the referee a couple of weeks ago into giving yeah. us a well, line-out and so. that was exactly the point I made to someone when they talked about how they had an extra man on the field I said we, we get the breaks it's in the ang you take the, the this is my point you know the, the, yeah. the, the, the swings and the roundabouts you take what you can and you make the most of your luck. Munster made the most of their luck. When the momentum's with you, you get those decisions. When it's not, you don't. The momentum wasn't with us because we made mistakes. My only caveat to that is that the decisions that went against Munster tonight were in terms of knock-ons, which means the benefit Connor got out of those was... Uh, was, 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 was scrums. Well, when no, ex- oh, yeah. well, 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 what I'm saying... He should have scored a try. I mean, there was at least two of those knockouts. You're looking at it going, no, I'm not seeing that. But I'd argue that actually there was a try scored by Connacht. I do not... I think there is a case to be made for looking at Marmion's try again because it does look like he's touched the ball. Now, whether no. he's in control no. of it, I don't know. No. Certainly no. what it wasn't was a, was a scrum to Munster. No, it was kicked over the line. It and then you were raising the point about... And Dennis Buckley got the jersey pulled back. That was a clear Ultimately, that may have changed it. But there's no guarantee that we wouldn't have then... As I said, it's why I've been so so narky with Wasps about what happened uh, at the end of the last game. Was <laughs> it's us? There's no guarantee we wouldn't have coughed. Up. You know, we kicked. The, they they gave away the ball. We kicked it to the lineup. That shouldn't have happened. We accept that's wrong. But it's us. We we could have done exactly what we did today, which was cough up the lineup. Yeah. Or what? have the or, or not control we them all. We should send Wasps so, yeah. about eight <laughs> videos of us in the twenty-two not scoring a try and tell them you know what I, 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 I wasn't I, I, guaranteed. I yeah. Look, I don't care what anyone says. 
the better team won oh, today. Yeah, agreed. They, they, they yeah. were the better team. They were the more confident team. We want to see better. But if you don't mind jumping in, we want to see better officiating, though, both from the Ford officials and the touches uh, and the referee on, on, the, on what they did today. I think they can do better. We want better standards than a Ford official allowing a player back onto the pitch on a quick tap penalty. If you did that in the junior rugby game, I'd be annoyed. What are you at, lads? William, in. I have an issue about this. Look, to me, in the provincials should not have Irish referees. I know it's New Year's Eve. Everyone wants to be home blowing their bazookas and doing their 5-4-3-2-1. These guys are played, they're professionals. It should have been, well... Bazookas? they're bazookas. You know what I mean. Look, I just think that you should have... Everyone knows what you mean by bazookas <laughs> as a celebration for New Year's Eve. Look, he's had too much Lagavulin tonight. That's all that's wrong with Lagavulin? Give me some of that whiskey hip flask. Never have too much Lagavulin. It's all gone, Rob. Oh. Uh, I've got some Irishman, twenty-year-old here. You've got a twenty-year-old Irishman. That doesn't sound half as good as regular. Do you know what though? Colic did have a first-choice second row. No, sorry, let me get this right. Colic did have a first-choice front row, a first-choice back row, arguably. Anyways, a de- first-choice half-back pairing, first-choice back three. Mm-hmm mismatch of a second uh, or, or of a centre partnership and near first choice only Ulster and Delan missing from the front row kind of put that to Pat Lamb as people will have heard earlier but I said it in such a way that you were on paper you were able to get most of your first team back then he really jumped in very very fast to point out the fact that disrupted training everything's disrupted it's not the same and of course that's the case and he expects it to only get worse before it gets better yeah, well, it can't get any better because they keep playing every week and every week someone's going to go down injured. I think they had 25 guys listed this week, which is, just makes training impossible. Like, it, There has to be a flow, there has to be a momentum that has to go with it. you know. So, like, I, yes, I am annoyed tonight, but I also understand the fact that we are missing quite a lot of our team and, and you know, whether we like it or not, two of our biggest players last year were Bundy Aki and, and um, Robbie Henshaw, who gave us so much go forward in the middle of the field. And that's not to denigrate... Peter Robin and uh, Rory Pratt who, who you know do their best but they're young fellas they're coming through they're still just about out of the academy they're, they're, they're not guys who are international class players as, as the guys they're replacing so we still, still are in a, in a slight rebuilding mode on that front having said that I'd still like it to be a little bit more intelligent about how we play the game yeah going forward the Ospreys should be raging hot favourites all depends on who they put out they Even if a, they put out whatever team they put out, actually, to be fair, you really yeah. see in this but I mean, but I mean, I mean, if you just take a step back and just think, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, they, in theory, no matter who they should put out, they should be better than us. I mean, they can, they brought a fantastic team here last year. They will be raging about what happened here last year, where George Clancy is the only person who remembered a very technical part of the rule, which probably they feel will deny them deny, deny them a win. But I mean, I mean, if they put out Tipperick, if they put out Alan Wynne Jones, if they put out <laughs> if they put out Sam Davies, crikey, alrighty, we saw him need bets on his own here last year. Um, yeah, on, in, on paper. They're close to full strength, and we're close to full strength. What we we know what, who we're missing, but again, it comes down to. And I think it's something we might need to look at more, and I'd like to talk about more in next year, in the sense of the depth issue. We are scrambling. Around. I mean, John Andrus should know should should have been nowhere near a week ago. John Andrus is nowhere near playing a game of rugby. Never mind playing a game of rugby. Forgot. God. He did all right. He got two penalties for crying out loud. But that's the depth issue. We're requiring. We're relying on players who have officially retired from other clubs to be able to to, to field experienced players I should know Razier Azmas clarified what happened yeah, yeah. there he had retired the phone call came into him from Batland before he was signed he was okay with that but that I mean those are the rules we, that's the rules we plan I mean if you're talking about if you're talking about fifth or sixth guys down in, the fifth or sixth prop in Connacht at Tidehead is a kid the fifth or sixth prop 
in, in the Ospreys is going to be at the very least a tough as nails. Dimitri Arhip from Moldova. Yeah, it's going, be, it's going to be an international or tough as, tough as nails regular playing ex minor uh, who's been doing this for 20 years for Pontypridd or Neath or whoever. That's the difference, their depth. They, will be able, they would be able to resolve injuries. We simply can't. And I'm amazed by the likes of Buckley and, 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 and Finley, who has been involved in every game this year and keeps bouncing back. Final thoughts with Ospreys in mind? Big ask, very difficult ask. Um, they'll have to just lick their wounds and, and get ready to go again. But it's 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 going to be it's going to be a tough one because I think they are actually taking it really seriously this year, the Pro 12 and Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From what I've heard from people in Nice, and I have good contacts there, they really are. They're the one Welsh team that seems when they when they put their mind to it that they can actually grind out the um, the results so it's, it's look it's just going to be another tough day they'll go out they won't take a backward step and we'll see what happens ok right now because the Scarlets are playing tomorrow isn't it they are on 31 points Connacht are on 21 so um, yeah but they have another game tomorrow too. so Scarlets playing tomorrow 10 points between us Connacht could do with them losing to Cardiff really to keep things alive but there's still two games against Zebra, game against Treviso game against Gardas at home there's still time to make up the ground that one point could be really important still yeah. time well, there's, there's, there's still time and we just we just hope that the injuries Bundyaki lads I'm sorry but you put Bundyaki in there it's a different story yeah it is but they have to deal with that I mean players players get injured we, we just seem to have this a shout out to Francis Aili who looked at all the players coming on and looked really upset that Bundy wasn't there so he could fight with them all day. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, and then I'm sure they would have had a hug and a handshake afterwards. Oh, and that, that's all oh, part of the game. All right, any other business? Yeah, goalposts. Um, they were washed off. They're washed yeah, off, yeah. Washed <laughs> off they're rusted, stage, they're completely yeah. rusted now. Um, second point was, you know, on, on my way up, we were a little bit early today, so we nipped into um, Murtis, uh, the kind of clan were, were in there, and, and at least. I'll give us the Murtis. They had the, the Leinster game on and the commentary wasn't too loud. But a, a, a problem I have is when you walk into most other pubs and the commentary is blaring at you. You don't need it. You're in a pub. You, you want to watch the game and have a bit of crack with people around you. You can't do that. If the commentary's blaring at you, turn down the commentary. You don't need it. Let people make up their own minds about what they're watching on the TV. Yes. Oh, he's right. Um, uh, we can't mention look. I'd like to have seen Jack O'Toughton tonight. He didn't come on. I would like to see what all the fuss was about. Before he goes home. <laughs> before he because, goes home. Before as he goes we all know, Ruin PNR has just given six years of his best life to Ulster Rugby. Hugely dedicated. And I, you, had no oh, choice but to make it. a really tough decision in favour of Ulster Rugby. Alan's got another any other business. Mm. But uh, obviously, Tout's going to be sent home. Isn't that right, clearly? Absolutely. There's no way. News, David Nussifor mm. wouldn't have gone on holidays unless Tout was... Uh, if there was anything that might develop in the Tout. Oh, and the fact, that Razi, the fact that Razi Erasmus is releasing a press release on Monday about it's the just, just, it's just to clarify everything well we already home. knew. Yes, because there's no question there if you wouldn't be double standards and do something for Munster that they couldn't do no, for no, Ulster. I can't no, see no, that no, happening. No. So I say with full confidence that even when this comes out, Tout will be on a flight back to South Africa, as it should be. Yeah, it's look, it's it's not good. Uh, they've got themselves into a muddle on this, and I know again, because I've got good contacts in Ulster, that they are still absolutely livid. They're beyond livid. And they're, they're, it'll, it's going to come out. It'll, uh, Les Kiss today looked like a man whose head was going to explode when they were 22 nil down. So he, I think if you asked him at the right time, that comment might come <laughs> out again. Right. And what's your any other last business? Bit, last bit was, um, has Sloppy turned into a D4 head? Oh, just no. a drop of rain and there's no half-time entertainment for us to talk to the players who are all stuck up in the little box up here behind us but, but no sign of sloppy just because it was raining what, what's happened to them? Okay, that's it 
oh do you know one other thing they played a great little highlights package at halftime which I thought was brilliant but try and use a bit of TG car commentary because we're in the west of Ireland and Irish is their spoken language it would have been kind of cool to have that blaring out instead of Sky Sports that's just my thoughts okay unless someone wants to comment on that we're going bye yeah Happy New Year! <laughs> thanks, folks. Genuinely, thanks for listening. It's been a great year. I think we won something back in May. Was it was it the Pro 12 Championship? We won the Pro. We are the Pro 12 champions. I don't champions. care where we are in the